0: hello and thank you for choosing to hit the play button. Uh, we are Rochelle and Carter here with the anything But quiet Time podcast
1: I love that you're thanking them why did you laugh about it you you kind of went choosing it was, like it was a silly thing for them to do I
0: know it was it was they they're having pity on us and so <laughs> I I thank you for and okay. it's just that this is the first time hitting the play button oh well wait. Yep, they're already gone. They're already gone.
1: Because you laughed about it. They were like, oh, this is a good choice I'm making. And then you told them that, oh, this is a pity choice. Well, you know. No. Like
0: to give ourselves a hard time.
1: How did you sell yourself to your wife when you asked her to marry you? Well, listen,
0: listen, this is what you do. This is what you do in anything. You set the bar low. Because then they walk away going, wow, you know, it wasn't that bad.
1: Did you say that to Kelsey? Did you say, I'm I not set that the, bad? I
0: set the bar low.
1: And you laughed when you proposed and said,
0: No, no, I didn't laugh when I proposed. Is this a
1: pity accepted?
0: And so then a year later, after she got married to me, people asked her, How's it going? She's like, You know, it's not that bad. <laughs> See? It can only go up. It can only go up.
1: Yeah. That's, I don't think that's the way that's supposed to be done.
0: Well, we we talk about biblical principles uh, here, and um, perhaps maybe there's something we could dig into Once on expectations. That,
1: ones that are tried and true and not Carter's formula.
0: <laughs> Hold on. I got an idea. Yep. Fully formed. Yes. Yes, indeed. No, we appreciate you being here. And keep in mind, you can always uh, you know leave a comment, uh, a concern, if you'd like, a five-star review. Mm-hmm right there, wherever you, you know, get your podcast, wherever you're listening to this. And we so appreciate you taking the time.
1: There was one episode of our podcast. This was, uh, I think a couple of years back, you beautifully went over the story of Esther. It was the first time
0: I had you, really gone through it. Yeah. You've
1: never read the story before because you always thought, Oh, that's a girl thing. That's when the woman's conference no, is meeting.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I didn't, I don't think it's a girl thing. I think every time There's a women's conference. It's either on Esther or Ruth. Like, I like, that's like, that's what you think, but that's not necessarily true. It's like 90% true. (laughs) What are we going over this time, girls? Ruth.
1: (laughs) The only reason why I'm bringing up Esther. uh, First of all, I just finished reading the book. It is a a rather short book book. It's only got 10 chapters in it and they're relatively
0: short chapters. it's It's a great story too. Yeah.
1: So it's easy to read and not much for you to go, Oh, Now, how many generations Uh before? It's not one of those. No. So there is this incredible celebration that comes out of the celebration of Esther herself as the queen. The story very quickly, she has an opportunity to help save her people by sticking up for him. She's the queen. She goes to the king. The Jewish people are in a devastating set of circumstances, and she asks for help. She's granted help. But before that happens, she asks her people to fast and to pray, to go without eating. Let's, let's talk about this deeply. Uh, I think it's like the only time you really hear the reference to any sort of faith, because God really isn't mentioned in the book of Esther, weirdly enough, but you hear about the Jewish faith. And then there is when she is granted her request by King Xerxes, her husband, um, for help, there is a celebration. And so she decrees to her people at the very end of the story, it's all resolved, spoiler alert, it's resolved. She says in a decree, I want my people forever to remember this time of celebrating, but also the fasting. And it goes hand in hand there. And I I feel like that's pretty typical for Jewish festivals. There's usually a very somber time, but then there's the celebration time as well. And I believe in Western culture, it's just celebration. <laughs> we are all about when we do our festivals.
0: Yeah, there's there's no element of that. We, we either fast, and it's for a fast or for health reasons, or or we just celebrate.
1: I mean, if we do, uh, you know, give up something for Lent, I know that sometimes people have put that into practice, and it's very meaningful. I do not mean to distract from those who do put more somber um, reflecting into their holidays. I, not that at all, but it it's very prioritized, I feel like with the Jewish calendar to have both hand in hand. And I think there's something we can really glean from that because at Christmas time as a child, obviously Jesus's birthday, we are celebrating. There's just such wild expectation and beauty, but there was also the tragedy that took place surrounding his birth with all of the, the children being taken out in, in and around Bethlehem and even Jerusalem area, two years and younger from King Herod with his weirdness. He murdered all these babies. So I mean, obviously there's a lot of somberness to the story of Jesus's birth and also reflecting on the fact that he was only born to die. So there is, mm. you know, but do we necessarily talk about that when we are unwrapping gifts and hanging out and eating cookies? Well, and, you,
0: you have me thinking, is this why people do 5Ks on Thanksgiving morning? Is that why they I've always thought that was evil, but, mm. but maybe, maybe this. The fast
1: before the feast.
0: <laughs> the fast before the feast, yeah.
1: I mean, and maybe, maybe it's unfair to judge Western culture that way, but I do feel like we we probably have it a little bit more cushy yeah. in our society than others. And I think it's really important to have those two things hand in hand when we are reflecting on the goodness of God, because I, I think, I almost want to say I know, but I'm just going to say from my perspective even from a personal set of circumstances right now, we're a very close family member. Um, so close that I will not be revealing any names or even how connected we are because they're that close and they might listen to this someday, (laughs) is going through very difficult times and has so much as said, I don't believe in God because there's just no way that he would allow this to happen to me. What would have fed that belief system if not for just the celebration of God, just the happy times and none of the, the somberness, none of the, the fasting, the very real. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also reading in revelation and the the book starts out with notes, letters to seven different churches and seven different approaches for each church to glean from uh, like the angels, are telling John, who's writing this down, want to write all these letters out. We're going to send these out to these seven different churches. And it's not like where you go to the copy machine and just copy seven different versions. It's a different version.
0: Sure, sure.
1: For each church, because there's a different set of circumstances for each church. And if I remember correctly, and I'm not even going to pretend that I remember which particular church. It might have been Philadelphia. Um, but they seem to have it kind of easy street a little bit. There was, there wasn't as much heavy handedness with their church. There
0: there was definitely one or two, maybe just one that was like, I don't know if they got a criticism.
1: Yeah. Everybody else did. Everybody else did. There there was also a church where it was like, you guys have done so good. You, you're good. You will be untouched kind of a thing. Like you're going to make it. And then the other churches, well, and, and not to like... (laughs) Say those guys got it easy because, you know, everybody else was condemned. Well, the other churches were kind of screwed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they were allowing some idolatry, um, certainly secular uh, mainstream influences into their church setting, apathy, laziness, all this kind of stuff they were experiencing. But to me, it's like you see that every individual church is receiving individual attention And it's going to be that way with our God and our own experience because he sees us as individuals. And we will have some cases of friends going through a set of circumstances where it might look like to us, easy street. Well, they never experienced this. Huh. And I prayed that God would give me that same outcome. He must not exist. He must not exist because God would not do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So we kind of, we have a formula. We have, this is, this is my parameters. God has to fit in this mold because I'm used to celebrating and, and knowing that God loves me. So my definition of God looks like, of love looks like this. Yeah. Unless it matches that, it's not love.
0: Yeah, that's, we can really go there.
1: And unless it matches that, it's not God. And I have to be careful of that. I'm very, I'm so guilty of doing that. Um, God forgive me of those moments where I put you in some weird box. Uh, But again, going back to the Jewish festival and thinking about the hand in hand of there is somberness in life. There is time for fasting. There's even time where the answer comes out and it's not the Queen Esther answer. And it's maybe where we see King David asking God for forgiveness for his adultery and please spare the child growing inside of the woman that I committed adultery with. And he does, he yeah, talk about fasting and praying. He doesn't do nothing for days on end. And the news comes and it's not good news. His son has passed away. That was the answer. And he gets up, he moves forward. He continues to recognize that God is still God regardless of the outcome of the prayer being against what he'd hoped for. Jesus's way of praying was thy will be done. Not what's comfortable, Lord, but God, what is your best? Because that is best. And I want your will to be done. And even the way that we see him treat three different people in kind of a harsh setting. I heard this being talked about uh, in a sermon recently where (laughs) there's this one guy who Jesus sees and he's been, you know, Chatting, doing his really good Jesus thing, preaching up a storm, probably sharing a lot of great stories. And the guy, he he sees this guy and he goes, hey, how you doing? Guy looks at Jesus like, I want to follow you. He goes, okay, okay. He said, you do know that the son of man, which he's referring to himself, he notices this guy's got really nice clothes on. <laughs> he says, you do know that I really don't, um, I don't have a place to sleep every single day. It's kind of up in the air. Foxes have holes. You may remember this this scripture. Um, if They have a place to go. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And that guy probably thought real fast and hard about, maybe I shouldn't be following this guy. Next guy in the conversation, he up and says, well, Lord, I'll follow you. But, but I want to... Um, maybe let me go and bury my dad first. And at first that sounds like a reasonable request, but as the pastor I was listening to pointed out, first of all, that could take weeks because funerals in in, in their culture could take that long. Um, and it also kind of makes it sound like he also wants to wrap up inheritance. Mm. He just heard the one guy talk about how, yeah, he's been asked to to, he wants to follow Jesus. But then when Jesus says, you don't, you don't know where you're going to sleep if you follow me that okay for you and he he knows just from the way he's sitting there he knows the thoughts of people which we've already established through scripture and seeing that the pharisees are undone by something he's done he knows their thoughts is what it says in scripture so we know he can see what this guy's thinking he calls him out on it it's not going to be the holiday inn every night you know the second guy (laughs) i'll follow you yeah i'm right there but uh let me square away dad Maybe have some bankroll. Sure. And Jesus's answer is kind of harsh, which is like, why don't you let the dead bury the dead and you follow me. Then there's this other guy, there's this third guy. And I can't, oh gosh, I got to look it up real quick. Okay. So it's in Luke nine, three guys, all of them wanting to follow Jesus. I'm putting that in quotes because when you really find out what it means to say yes to him, Do you really know what it means to say yes to him? Mm. And so this other guy says, "Um, I want to follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and take care of things at home. And Jesus answered him, and I I think this is really smart. Have you ever tried to drive looking over your shoulder instead of looking straight ahead?
0: Well, when I was in that Mission Impossible (laughs) movie— It's exactly what I did because the high-speed chase was in reverse.
1: Anyone who starts plowing and keeps looking back isn't worth a thing to God's kingdom. There's always going to be an excuse. There's always going to be a reason why you're not, quote, unquote, all in. Yeah. And there's always going to be one of those things where if we allow it to, anything that bothers us, anything that confuses us, anything that can dilute the, the purest form of God's message to us, um that could be a form of i keep looking back and i'm of no use even to myself in that moment i could be <laughs> i could be getting us in an accident let alone trying to convince other people that jesus is worth following and i, I want to be all in And when things don't, quote, go my way, and that may sound callous, especially if you've experienced great loss, as my family member has. So I'm, by the way, weighing that very carefully if and when there should ever be a conversation surrounding this topic with them. Um, How you go about that and being sensitive, obviously to the Spirit's voice and leading and talking about that with others. But if I'm all in, it's not based on any kind of parameters, any addendum that I've, well, you know what? God exists unless, you know, following Jesus means even if I don't have a place to lay my head, even if I don't have future plans all squared away or things kind of fall through the bottom, sure. yeah. there's stuff that constantly makes me keep checking the rearview mirror. What about that thing that I left behind? I mean, those are the kinds of things that really keep you from experiencing full, full full-on faith. Yeah. And and I I think we've robbed ourselves a little bit of knowing the fasting experience and only enjoying the celebratory parts of knowing Jesus. Mm. Because death is a part of life. And struggle is as well, because we live in a broken world. And if we allow God to live up to his promises, which are to show us even in the midst of what others meant for evil, he can still do good. Mm -hmm. I think we will be undone in a good way. Otherwise we will be our own undoing.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Um, You know, it reminds me of what, uh, with the Asbury uh college Christian yeah. college and the revival that's happened. And we'll get into kind of what revival is and what that looks like. But, uh, our pastor shared a story. He has a, a pastor friend that, that went, um, Oh,
1: that actually was at, a, that uh, it
0: either went or he checked in with people. He like knows there. And he wanted to relay what was going on there to his church. Yeah. And to say, this is what's like really going on. And man, what's a great picture? What's a great way to, to uh, tell my, my congregation this? And he closed his eyes and he thought, and God gave him the image of a plunger. <laughs> I he, love
1: it so much. And he
0: said, no, I don't think so. No, <laughs> what? And he closed his eyes again and he just keeps seeing a plunger. And it really hit him that what God was saying was, I want rivers of life to flow. And what you have done many people in the church. I mean, people, not just this guy, but us is you have clogged it with sin. And I want with a revival to unclog that and get back to rivers of life. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah. Clogged it with, with junk, been my own undoing personally. And and we as a whole and, it was, it was really good encouragement. We had a, we just had a, a prayer service at our church, uh, in this time of, of fasting, of being more focused on God. And we, in, in light of what Asbury did, um, again, we'll get more into specifically that if you haven't heard of it yet, but, um, we had a time of confession at a mm-hmm. time of, we certainly it was like a praise and prayer service. Like we're, it's like one of those where it's a little unusual and, the pastor's not like speaking for 20 or 30 minutes at a time. It's just kind of like little snippets and then we'll sing for two or three songs. I don't
1: mind that kind of getting out of the formulaic it's
0: great. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And we had different dedicated, dedicated prayers, you know, praying for unity and praying for healing and then, and then a time to come forward and, and confess. And, and you know, a couple of the verses that he talked about with, with confession, first uh, John one, nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and, and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And how this started, this revival that maybe you've heard of at this random college in Kentucky was a, uh, a chapel service. And they've, they've I don't know if you've heard this part, Rochelle, they've asked the pastor since then. And they said, what was your sermon like the day that it started? On February 8th of 2023. And he said, I thought I bombed. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I did bomb. I mean, it was, I just left there going, yeah man, it just didn't click and it didn't, you know. So maybe it started from that, maybe it didn't because what really sparked it was the service is over, your standard chapel thing that most Mm -hmm. Christian colleges, it's required a handful of times a semester or it is required every week or whatever, right? So a lot of those places, I mean, I'm thinking about one place in my home state where they require... Uh, chapel and it's it's pretty a lot of times just going through the motions because sure. you have to be there sure and about 30 students just stayed and started confessing with one another what they had done what they're going through what they want to repent from mm-hmm. and they confess their sins to one another and i don't know i i still don't have all the details but it just kind of started and now weeks later this thing is still going on. I think they're going to have to move the location somewhere else now. But this continual service has gone on with small breaks for, you know, prayer and people coming in, out, in and out. I'm sure switching worship leaders and and different pastors coming in. And, you know, I'm sure people are getting rest, but it, it in some form has gone on for weeks. Mm. And people are driving from all over the country to be a part of what revival is. Yeah, and- which is
1: just kind of. Wanting to go deeper with God. Yeah. It's it's exploring that and not just surface level confession. How and we talked about that on the last week's podcast about repentance. Yeah. Yeah. About what does that look like now? And to me, this is what I would be very careful with. What about discipleship afterwards? These are such Christian words. I grew up with them. And so if you're new to Christianity, that may be like. Discipleship. Okay, so I knew that Jesus had some, some students, disciples or something. What does that mean? It, it just means it's great we had this party. Now what?
0: Sure. It's sure.
1: great that we came to terms with the fact that Jesus is just and faithful to forgive us when we confess our sin. Now what do I want to? I want to keep that up, right? I have just found this incredible freedom now in Jesus Christ. What else does he say? It's like getting to know that, that person that you fall in love with is like, oh, it wasn't enough just to spend a little bit of time. What, what else do they do? What else do they, what's their life? Sure. And, uh, except it's better than that because it's pure. It's love. It's peace. It's patience. It's all the things that you want for this world. The thing that the, that is joked about when girls go up a beauty pageants and ask what they most want and they say world peace,
0: world peace. That's right. <laughs>
1: Jesus is all these things in the form of this person who came and died for us 2,000 years ago, so that not only are we saved, but to walk ye in it, to let's move in a direction, though, that brings life and not death.
0: And and that's where you've seen... Billy Graham revivals. Yeah. I mean, you've heard of yeah. those, or you've heard of the great awakening in the 1800s, the West, I think
1: Wesleyan brothers
0: Wesleyan and, and um, all sorts of people just coming back to God. And I, I think it's in times like this, we've talked about this before because you, at least, at least I, um, you know, when, when you hear atheists say there's no God, definitely not like, and and then we run into that verse in Romans where it says, no man is without excuse just by right. looking at, at creation. And yeah. I think in, in revival, you see, Okay, yeah. I'm humbling myself. There is definitely a God. Yeah. Now and then for a lot of us that were already believers, I'm humbling myself because I really haven't been living it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And or in some way, in some which aspect. is very
1: humbling because here you thought you were on the right track. Yeah. Maybe it's like you, if you've ever been one of those situations where you are building a home, and you knew that you had everything right, and you come to find out like you're a quarter of the way through and something's wrong with the foundation. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. And
1: you either just keep moving forward and hope everything gets stuck together with glue and and it'll work out or you could build the best home ever and start over again uh, that takes a lot of humility and a lot of work
0: sure that's good um and and that's what he our pastor shared. there was somebody that the church wanted a revival and because we always say that right We always say we want this country to change. we want to return to uh, the at least the Christian principles that were earlier in this country. Of course, this country has never been perfect. No country has, but just that the, at the very least, the idea about God being not so taboo like it is in in so many ways now, returning to the former things and the simpler things of, of chasing after him. And we always want that as a country, as a state, as a city. We say, you know, put God back in schools, you know, and all these things that we mean, but, This pastor that wanted, uh, this church wanted revival. And he said, well, I got an idea. Let's go home, all of us, and let's uh, draw a chalk circle around ourselves. And then why don't you pray for revival to come to everybody in your circle? That's so good. It's got to start with us. It does. I can't just say, man, America needs to really get it together. I need to get it together.
1: We talk about Jesus being life and walking in it. What has to happen first, though, is the death of self. That's the part that <laughs> I don't think gets a whole lot of attention because dying to yourself, selfish desires. Yeah, Bible tells us to pick up our cross and follow after him. A crucifixion, the worst known at the time um, way of making somebody suffer torture mm-hmm. to where you are basically dying from, uh, what do you call it? We can't breathe anymore. yeah, Assetiation. Assetiation. yeah. Okay. And uh, I mean, just a brutal way to die. You're to pick up your cross and follow after that does not depict anything pleasant per se. No death is involved in that. And when you said to draw a chalk circle around yourself, what do we see at crime scenes? Yeah, sure. With a dead body is a chalk outline. And that's kind of a silly thing to say, but if we want revival, we have to put ourselves last and put God first and others. That's what he tells us to do to serve our fellow man. And it's, it's important that I do that every single day.
0: There's obviously dying to expectations, right? I know that that's, that's kind of, I think where you're coming from Mm -hmm. on, on God's plan versus my plan. But I think also with America Me included, to not be a hypocrite from what I said earlier. (laughs) Uh, But seriously, there is this laziness on desires and feelings. And so, I mean, gluttony, lust, pride, this kind of conversation. Because I take my cue from others sometimes. And I go, well, I'm not doing that. So, I'm all right. My little thing about you know whatever it is, you know, I'm okay. I'm kind of prideful. Oh, I'm not like that. Listen, if God's gonna go after somebody, he's gonna go after that guy because that guy's a jerk. I just deal with the ups and downs, and you know, it, it's okay that it's kind of sticking around. Mm-hmm. And the the pompousness of that uh, <laughs> of 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 saying. I mean, it's it's a lot like it's a lot like the teacher setting a standard for when they were gonna be gone, and then it's one of those situations I know you and I both have stories on this where we're in class, and the main ringleader fools the substitute mm-hmm. that we're allowed to have open book test mm-hmm. and well. I didn't like do it, but now that the answers are being read out loud, I mean, might as well. But I, but I didn't like do it, do it. Right. (laughs) And there's this like pompousness to say, well, I'm not really the most wrong, so it's okay to be a little wrong. Mm -hmm. But God, Mm -hmm. that's not what the standard he set is.
1: Apathy is still a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's choosing to do nothing when something is
0: wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And to just let it keep going, let that sin just kind of sit there on a day-to-day basis. And I love what, I, there's an, another podcast I listened to and, and she was going over what repentance actually looks like. Mm-hmm. And she broke it down to three things. Intellectual, I see the Bible talk about this and I, 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 I did the opposite. Uh, I, I went against God's word. Okay. I know I'm wrong. And then sometimes we just kind of move on from there. Mm-hmm. But then there is a, a second element of sorrow of my heart should break. And that's, that's, I think that's tough sometimes when, depending on what it is, I think that's where we get to that justification process of, of what I do. You know, if I, you know, really hurt someone or do something really egregious, my heart will probably break after I'm done with that sin, but there's a lot that are just kind of in the background. My heart doesn't really break about it. I know I'm wrong. Okay, God, I won't do it again. And then a couple of days later, a couple of weeks later, okay, yeah, I know I was wrong. Okay, I won't do it. I'll try not to do it again, you know, and you even confess it, but there's no real heartbreak. There's no there's no sorrow where we should be running to grace. We shouldn't wallow in shame and think, oh, I have to beat myself up about it before I can go to God. No, I should instantly go to God even after my offense. But, but I should recognize that his heart breaks over this and so should mine. Mm-hmm. So you have the intellectual recognizing that it's wrong. You have the sorrow. And then you have the third step of the boundaries, the parameters, the situations that I put myself in. And the example she gave, if I struggle with alcoholism, I should probably stop meeting my friends at bars. Like that's not a great environment to put myself in. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe it's not quote that extreme. Maybe it's something on the computer. Maybe it's how I talk to people and I need to put a safeguard there, but it really I mean, to, for it to flow correctly with repentance. Why would you put yourself in compromising situations? Yeah, but I mean, but a lot of times we jump from intellectual to, okay, now I'm going to put up all these boundaries, but I haven't had the heartbreak. Okay. Or or I just do yeah. the intellectual only, or yeah. I just do the intellectual and the heartbreak, but then, but then I don't have the boundaries. And it really kind of takes all three to go, okay, what is that thing that's just in the background? It's like that app that you haven't closed and it's just continually running in the background. That thing that I know I deal with, And then temptation might always be there. Mm -hmm. That's not the sin. The temptation is not the sin. It's the continually giving into it, treating it like it's not a big deal. That's where my, I should stop. I should recognize it's wrong. I should have heartbreak. I confess it to God. I confess it to others when necessary. And she actually, she actually gave an example that exactly happened to you, Rochelle. Mm. She said, I said, I, I had somebody come up to me and I and they confessed to me. (laughs) <laughs> that they used to not like me, yeah, and they really couldn't stand me.
1: That's somebody did that to me. Yeah, so,
0: I mean, the exact same thing. And they do. apologized
1: because they did. Yeah, afterwards they're like, "But you are very nice." Yeah,
0: thank you, thank you. You didn't have to tell me that. Yeah. You don't have to tell some people things. <laughs> no, if you sin against your spouse, if you, if you, if if, if it was, let's say, it was a listener because yeah. this is a radio show thing. Let's say it's a listener that had openly called you years ago and like cursed you out. And then they came to you. Well, Right, there's an offense there per se. Yes, Yes. there was an action that they're apologizing for, you're already aware of, but you didn't need to know their thoughts. And so (laughs) there's certainly a balance to, yes, we'll need to confess to some people, but in the right situations. And so it's confession to God, it's confessing to people when necessary. And it's those three things to say, okay, if I'm confessing, if I'm repenting, and I'm seeking after God, revival starts with me, and then we all do this, we're going to be in a place like Asbury. We're going to be in a place like uh, Texas A and M. That's a little closer to where we do this this podcast. That now they have an like hours long thing that they got to do. And the
1: possibilities are open to us. Yeah, um, because it's out on the table. We've confessed it. Our heart is broken over it. We're trying to put boundaries in place. We are implementing those boundaries. We're asking maybe for some accountability there too with other people. Absolutely. That we trust. Absolutely. And we're moving forward. Lord eat. Okay. So I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So a uh, simpler um, connection. We have a, a good friend Carter and I who she recently cleaned out the entire pantry. It's all health food now. And she was joking around. She said when she came downstairs one night, it was late and her girls were like getting rowdy and yakking. And she's like, oh man, they're raiding that pantry. They're eating all the junk
0: food. It's
1: and they were like, "Mom, what are we? What are we gonna binge? Banana chips?
0: <laughs> you you took away all the good stuff."
1: <laughs> but she, but she honestly, she shared with me that came from a very real life decision. It wasn't impromptu. It wasn't knee jerk response. Apparently, um, she was made aware of some things. She confessed the situation to her doctor. Clearly, the numbers are showing up then I need to make some changes and I, I can either just keep doing what I'm doing or I can do some heartbreak in here.
0: <laughs> That's a really good analogy. And give of,
1: Doritos the boot.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it really is a good analogy of, of the American diet. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like, right. Cause yeah. it's like, I know it's bad for me and I know I just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And I know that one day I'll have to answer for it. And why not? do what I can
1: do what I can. And so in her case, clean out that pantry. Yeah. I know this isn't, and now hers seem to be, um, maybe in some cases a bit extreme, but that is a struggle for her. And so sometimes people are like, I can keep cookies in the pantry and they will stay in the pantry until I decide I want one. Yeah,
0: no, that's exactly right. So yeah.
1: balance to all well, of that. I'll give but, you an
0: example. I'll give you an example. This is great because it's like what the, this podcast I listen to is so great. She said, um, some to, some of your boundaries are going to look strange to people, and if you let that get in your way, like if you if you let that prevent you from setting the boundary, you're prioritizing people over God. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I'll never forget, so many guys go through this, but one of my uh, former pastors at a different church, he he said that we were talking about the issue of pornography, mm. and he held up his phone. And this is like in the late 2010s. Um, so this is probably okay. 2017, 2018, and he and it was a flip phone. <laughs> said, why do you think I have a dumb phone? I love it. And it's strange. When Mm -hmm. somebody looks at his phone, it's strange. And it's probably really annoying to, why do you got that thing? Everybody asks it. Like, youth at church or whatever. I'm sure everybody's like, man, Nokia called. And they want, you know. Do
1: you want me to fax you your next email?
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Did that come with a carrier pigeon? (laughs) And, and, and so it's, I'm, 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 you know, this is a situation where nobody's even really like asking, but they're kind of asking. And there are some situations in life where you're going to change and people Mm -hmm. will legitimately go, why? Yeah. But why? And then you're either going to have to, and uh, obviously some people you're, you'll be close enough to, but, but some people you won't be. And, and whether you get into it or not, that's, you know, all of our decision, but I'm just making the point that it'll be tough. Bound certain boundaries will be yes. tough and awkward.
1: You know, recently Mark Wahlberg, um, we just yesterday was Ash Wednesday and I was just reading an article. He was on the Today Show, and uh he's a very strong Catholic, and the title of the article w- had something to do about the fact that his faith to denounce his faith is an even greater sin. I, I don't know what that was in connection to, but he was uh like if he was responding to something or but it came out that he was like, this is what I believe. And yes, I have friends that are of other faiths. Perhaps he meant denominations that sometimes get scrambled eggs for me, but perhaps not. Perhaps he's talking about completely different religions. Uh, he said, and look, I I want people to respect that these are the boundaries that I have. And so there he is on the Today Show. He's got the Ash Wednesday cross uh-huh. on his forehead. Yeah. Just because he was going to be interviewed on the Today Show that day didn't mean he was going to go wash it off. This is special to him. It meant something to him. And he stood by that. And I think that's what we have to do with what God has asked us to do, whatever it is. I don't care what other people think to deny what Christ has asked me to do, to deny. I mean, God talks about denying him in front of other people. I think when I read that verse, I think, oh, to say that you don't believe in Jesus. But that's also, I mean, like, essentially, if I'm saying no to the things he's asked me to be a part of, that's also denying him access to my life.
0: Yeah. That's a part of the denial. I'm realizing how great the diet thing is. (laughs) I mean, that's a great, that's a great exactly what it is. Like, you're talking about not washing off the Ash Wednesday cross mm-hmm. on your forehead because it's the today show. Now I know Mark Wahlberg's done that show a million times and shows like it a million times, but it's still a big deal. It, 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 likens to where somebody says, I am doing this health kick, not just like a health kick. I am losing weight for specific health reasons I need to for my family, for myself. Mm-hmm. So they show up to a Super Bowl party bringing their own food and yeah. they're eating a salad out oh, of okay. Tupperware. And you're right? going to
1: get razzed.
0: And you're going to get razzed. And you're going to. And then when you say certain restaurants, I'm not going there. All they have is fried food. It's annoying to your friends and you feel like an inconvenience. That hmm. is it, man. Like that is, there are certain things in all of our lives because you, you, you put it perfectly. There are some people that may need to get off social media completely because it leads to, uh, well, it could be a plethora of things it could be, you know, pride and posting and arguing it could lead to lust it could be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people can handle social media because their boundary is not going to whatever else. Mm-hmm. But then some it's like, no, I really need to cut it off here. Cause this yeah. is a gateway to yeah. this. Yeah. It'll trigger. And so we're all, mm-hmm. all going to have a, it's all the same. Like sin is sin. Like, right. Like it's not like, Lust is okay for you and, and it's not okay for me. It's not anything like that. But it, it's there are certain things that aren't sin that we might be have to say no to if we're gonna be serious about not going there. Honestly,
1: that might even take us back to the conversation that Paul was trying to have with people in Romans in regards to the eating of meat.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah.
1: There are gonna be some people that are like, Nope, not gonna do it, not okay with it. Yeah. So don't be eating meat in front of them because that's gonna trip them up. Sure. Now, sure. with him, it wasn't a problem. But he did that in only certain circles. And so I'm going to take my friend who tells me I have to follow these diet restrictions. We're going to go and we're going to do the thing wherever she can eat. Yeah. And if I'm the weirdo that's bringing along, I don't know, the triple-decker hamburger from Five Guys while she eats her vegan barbecue, (laughs) then I want to help her out by just saying, I'm not going to give her... Help me, Lord, to not give people a hard time because I don't want to trip them up.
0: Yeah. I think I just...
1: Gave an example though of the exact opposite thing that Paul told yeah, us not yeah. to do. Well, you, but, but but here's the thing.
0: Here's a, and this is this is why I'm glad you said it because if if she has said to you, if this is the exact same situation, mm-hmm. and she has said to you, burgers or anything else, if you eat it, it doesn't bother me.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's
0: not a big deal, right? But it's more about what you with the context of Romans 14. It's you don't want her to disobey her conviction. So that's right. It certainly is, as we say, don't make your brother stumble. AKA don't drink wine in front of an alcoholic. Like there is that principle, but it's more about, as we've discussed before around this, this time, you think Halloween's wrong. Mm -hmm. That's your conviction. I'm not going to try to convince you Mm -hmm. that there are great ways to celebrate Halloween with trunk or treats and, you know, and and friendly costumes and candy because I, I think we have that freedom. But I'm not going to try to convince you to disobey your conviction because that's your conviction. Because if I do get you to disobey it, then you have sinned.
1: And I'm asking you to deny what you believe Christ has asked you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that is anti-Christ. Right.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So, Lord, help us keep keep learning. (laughs) Every day we learn something new. Hopefully we can implement it. It's not just about, all right, yeah, confession. But, Lord, break our heart for what breaks yours. Yeah. And help us to put proper boundaries in place so that we can keep, that we can keep living life, following after,
0: walkie in it. Well, this is great. Great conversation. We love to do this every week, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. And hey, you know, I will say this we got it. We got a comment. I was giving us a hard time. Say so I set the bar low at the beginning. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, tell it all uh, is the username on, on, on Apple <laughs> and said, great chemistry, great discussion and deep, but entertaining discussion of deep uh, scriptural truths as they walk through scripture. If you've never l- listened to podcasts before, this one will hook you. So well, that's so nice. And they gave us one star. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, oh. They gave us five stars and we really appreciate that.
1: You know, if you misunderstand the five star system and they're like, <gasps> you're
0: number one. It's
1: like golf. (laughs) ha, ha, ha.